Wyndham Hotels and Resorts makes travel possible for all. Whether it's the long haulers looking for a great cup of coffee, a roomier rest for the on-a-wim road trippers, or a place to make summer memories with the whole family. No matter who you are, where you're going, or why, with 24 trusted brands to choose from like La Quinta, Days Inn, and Super 8, your Wyndham is waiting. Get the lowest price at WyndhamHotels.com. Restrictions apply. Visit website for more details. It's the Larry Kudlow Show. Free market prosperity starts here. Now, here's Larry Kudlow. Welcome back, folks. I'm Larry Kudlow. This is the Larry Kudlow Show, and it's a great pleasure to be with you. We're going to bring in two very distinguished attorneys, former prosecutors, and actually I think Greg Jarrett was a defense lawyer too. But anyway, we've got Greg Jarrett. Greg Jarrett is a Fox News legal analyst, New York Times bestselling author. His book, Trial of the Century, his newest book, release date May 30th, about the Scopes Monkey Trials. Phenomenal story. And Andrew McCarthy, former district U.S. attorney for the Southern District of New York, a Fox News contributor, National Review uh, contributing editor, National Review Institute, and his recent book, Ball of Collusion, the plot to rig an election and destroy a presidency. Boy, you guys, you know, the stuff you wrote before is very apocryphal. John Durham, John Durham, you know what? John Durham has exonerated Trump, but he's exonerated your writings. <laughs> Think of that. He's actually- somebody, had to, somebody had to excuse my writing, so I'm glad to hear it finally happen. <laughs> I know, it's this terrific stuff. So there's a bunch of things I'd like to talk about Um uh, Andy, let me start with you, Andy McCarthy. The FBI aided and abetted this whole Trump collusion scandal. They aided it and abetted it. I mean, the role of the FBI is something I've tried to focus on on the TV show this past week, uh, and I'm very, very worried. That, you know, they've interfered in 2016. They interfered in 2020. God knows they may interfere again in 2024. Uh, I don't want to absolve the CIA, but I'm more focused on the FBI. So tell us, they aided and abetted the Russian hoax. Yeah, Larry, I think that Durham did a very good report. It's comprehensive. He built on uh, some of the reporting that had already been done, particularly by uh, the inspector general, who was limited in his investigative tools compared to a full-blown prosecutor. You know, Durham was able to issue subpoenas and use the grand jury and that sort of stuff. Uh, so I'm generally favorable toward what, what uh, John Durham did. And I know him personally. He's a person of, uh, of great uh, integrity and scruples. But I do part company with him uh, in the conclusion he draws from the fact that the FBI was raised up in uh, the summer of 2016, in July of 2016, about the fact that our spy agencies had intercepted Russian intelligence analysis that said that Clinton was planning to smear Trump as a Russian asset. Durham's criticism of the FBI over that is that they ignored this intelligence when they were um, doing their own analysis of the information that was coming to them, and they weren't cognizant enough of the fact that they might be being fed disinformation. And to my mind, the best interpretation of his report is that the FBI was intimidated by Clinton, that they believed she was going to be the next president, that they were afraid of reprisals 
uh, if they bucked against what the Clinton campaign was doing. And I don't think the FBI ignored this evidence. I think the FBI, to the contrary, um, understood that Clinton's theme was that Trump was a was a Putin puppet. And they went along for the ride, I think, quite knowingly. I, I really don't think this was ignoring. I think this was uh, getting on board the train. Well, Greg Jarrett, why did they ignore it? Why did they get along the, uh, go on the train? I mean, well, because they, is this they, just Paul? Right. They, okay, you know, go ahead. The, the FBI, top echelon of the FBI, uh, James Comey, Andrew McCabe, Peter Strzok, Elisa Page, they hated uh, Donald Trump. They loathed his policies. And they made a conscious decision to do everything they could uh, to prevent him from getting elected. And when that plan failed, they doubled down. Uh, and as Durham makes clear, you know, they had no credible evidence, no uh, actionable intelligence that, that Trump included with Russia. But they didn't care. They never vetted or corroborated anything. When they eventually got around to it, they discovered that there was no evidence, that it was largely based on a Hillary Clinton commissioned dossier that was a collection of pernicious lies. They debunked it. They, you know, discovered that it came mostly from Hillary Clinton's Confederates, Charles Dolan and Igor Danchenko, and some of it was Russian disinformation itself. In a way, you know, uh, Trump Trump didn't collude with Russia, but in a way, Hillary Clinton and her Confederates uh, did. You know, I, I go to page 81 of the report, and it says that, you know, the FBI, uh, excuse me, the CIA obtained reliable information that, quote, Hillary had approved a campaign plan to stir up a scandal against Trump by tying him to Putin and the Russians. And, you know, in my new column coming out this weekend, I, I point out that the people who knew this were Barack Obama, uh, Joe Biden, mm -hmm. James Clapper, the DNI, mm -hmm. uh, the Attorney General Loretta Lynch, and others. And, and, you know, for three years, they knew this but remained silent. And the silence in order to hide the truth is, in my judgment, a lie. Andy McCarthy, I mean, is it the seventh floor of the FBI? I guess that's where the top brass are. I mean, right. what are their are they just all a bunch of liberal Democrats? Is that what the deal is? I think they're certainly um, the guys who were in that regime were left leaning. I mean, you know, one of Trump's gripes about Andy McCabe, who was the hands on, he was the deputy director and. Uh, as Greg mentions, the, you know, the the headquarters of the regime there was very hands on in this. And one of Trump's gripes about him was that he got funding or his wife, who was running for uh, state legislature in Virginia, got funding from uh, an outfit connected to the Clinton's pal, Terry McAuliffe. Um, so, you know, I think you're dealing with people who have left the center leanings, uh, even though, you know, Comey, Served in the in the Bush administration, he served in high level positions in, in uh, administrations of both parties. But I really think this is this is more about. I don't think these guys are so much um, political ideologues as they are, you know, practical politicians who understood which way the wind was blowing, and uh, they thought that Hillary Clinton was going to win. 
Mm. Uh, and they were afraid of, uh, with good reason, I think, they were afraid of reprisals. My personal view, Larry, for what it's worth, is that if Clinton had won, she'd have fired Comey on the first day. Mm-hmm. But because um, you know they like to blame her, they like to blame Comey for the fact that she lost, and it was a big deal that Comey announced that that investigation was reopened ten days before the election. But as I often point out to people, if Comey hadn't absolved Clinton and said that no reasonable prosecutor um, would have indicted her, which I guess makes me an unreasonable prosecutor. Um, I, you know, if he hadn't done that, she wouldn't have had a campaign. He could have killed her campaign there and then. So, you know, for all their squawking about it, I think that, uh, you know, they owed, uh, they owed Comey more than they'd like to admit. But, you know, Greg Jarrett, it's interesting to me, <clears throat> just in a common sense way, all right, if they weren't all ideologues, left the left of center ideologues and so forth, but they weren't passive. The FBI was active. I mean, they were driving this thing through against Trump every step of the way, really. I mean, the FISA court is one example, but other examples, either not pursuing leads. I mean, the, you know, the Wall Street Journal editorial today is very interesting about Robert Mueller, his yeah. role in all this. Now, Mueller was... Uh, I first met Mueller during the George W. Bush administration. I met him at a dinner at Dick Cheney's house, the vice president's house. You know, he was he was um, well regarded. He was regarded as a, as a, somebody on the team. And then he, you know, goes against uh, Republicans. I mean, maybe it's oh, his hatred of Trump. I don't know. I, I mean, what was what? What were Trump's policies that the FBI disagreed with? Anyway, was is there an institutional problem here? Is there something the FBI? I mean, Trump was basically a law and order president. Well, I, Andy's point is well taken that they assumed, based on polling data, that Hillary was going to be uh, the next president of the United States, and I, I think that influenced their decision making to go after Trump, but to turn a blind eye to Hillary, and not just her email scandals, in which, in my judgment, she clearly violated the Espionage Act and committed obstruction by destroying uh, records under subpoena, but uh, relating to her foundation and other activities, there were four separate uh, investigations by the FBI that Comey effectively shut down. You know, in Durham, in his report, he minces no words. He describes the FBI's double standard and the quote-unquote dual system of justice that it produced. For example, Hillary received the courtesy of a defensive briefing about corrupt foreign actors. Trump did not. The FBI rejected a surveillance warrant on Hillary Clinton from the secret FISA court um, while seeking four successive spy warrants involving Trump's campaign. You know, and of course, to secure those intrusions, exculpatory evidence was deliberately withheld from the judges. Supporting documents were altered by Kevin Kleinsmith, an FBI lawyer who eventually copped a plea to it. I mean, Comey deceived the judges, vouching for the credibility of a dossier that the FBI had already debunked. And he represented Steele was reliable, not telling the judges... Oh, by the way, we fired Steele for lying. He was a confidential informant. So, you know, the irony embedded in this collusion con, I think, is 
fully exposed in the Durham report. Instead of conspiring with Putin uh, in the bowels of the Kremlin, Trump uh, became the victim of Clinton-induced Russian disinformation that helped fuel the dossier. But um, Andrew McCarthy, uh, so now Trump is president, and then before you know it, we've got an impeachment hearing on all of this Russian collusion stuff. But doesn't the FBI continue its campaign against Trump? And why? Yeah, well, it, and why? Yeah, I think, yeah, Larry, so you remember the infamous conversation in, uh, I guess it was September of uh, 2016, by uh, where Peter Strzok essentially says that they have an insurance policy. Right. Um, now, as we all know, you know, insurance is is what kicks in if the disaster happens, right? Not before. (laughs) Yes. And to them, the disaster was Trump being elected, uh, which is how a lot of these guys viewed it. And the insurance policy was that they had this counterintelligence investigation in place. Uh, It was mainly run even after Trump was elected and should have been able to put a halt to it. Uh, It was run by Obama administration holdovers. Remember, uh, Comey continued on at the FBI and uh, Sally Yates continued on at the Justice Department. And one of the first things that they did with the with the Trump administration is get uh, Jeff Sessions to recuse himself and get uh, Mike Flynn, uh, who was the national security advisor, uh, in a position where he ended up having to resign. I think those two were experienced. Uh, intelligence actors and knew a lot about how the Justice Department worked and the secret stuff. And if there were two people in the Trump administration who maybe could have found out what the FBI was up to and put a stop to it, it was probably the two of them. Once they were marginalized, I think the FBI had smooth sailing in continuing that investigation because, frankly, the the Trump people did not get in the White House the kind of um, experienced people like, this wouldn't have continued with Bill Barr right. on hand. Right. You know, it, they right. needed people who could go co- toe-to-toe with Comey. And, you know, he, basically, Comey intimidated them into thinking that if they inquired into what was going on, they'd be guilty of obstruction. Uh, and I think they needed somebody there who could, could you know, go toe-to-toe with Comey and said, that's ridiculous. Uh, but they didn't have someone, unfortunately. I never understood... Uh... Greg, I never understood why Sessions recused himself. Jeff Sessions is a good friend of mine. I wasn't in the administration. That was 2017. But uh, I've known Jeff for many years, uh, worked with him during the campaign, was very happy to see him as attorney general. I believe he was the first senator to endorse Trump. But I never understood why he recused himself, because uh, it seems like it's what Andy's saying. I mean, that opened the door to more and more uh, FBI mischief. Yeah, absolutely. And as I explain in detail uh, in my book, The Russia Hoax, and in my second book, Witch Hunt, he didn't have to recuse himself. Mm-hmm. Um, it wasn't required. He was simply bowing to public pressure. Now, Barr would not have succumbed to that kind of pressure. And, mm. you know, he would have shut this down. But once again... You know, James Comey's Machiavellian machinations is what led to Mueller and the special counsel. I mean, 
Comey when he was finally and eventually fired for usurping the authority of the attorney general uh, in, in the email case. He pilfered documents from mm. FBI files, took them home, and leaked them mm. uh, to a friend of his uh, for the sole purpose of uh, having it published and triggering uh, a special counsel, which just happened to be his uh, longtime friend, colleague, mentor, uh, Robert Mueller. Mueller never ran that investigation. I think we understood why when he eventually testified. It was run by Andrew Weissman. Weissman picked a team of partisan prosecutors. Their only problem was um, there was no evidence of collusion. Uh, Despite their best efforts to find it, they never did. And, of course, in the end, the Mueller report said there was uh, no evidence of a Trump-Russia collusion conspiracy. So, you know, all of this uh, happened because of people like Comey. Uh, but it wouldn't have happened had Bill Barr been the attorney general at the outset. Sessions right. was way in over his head. Yeah. Uh, you know, he'd been a senator and he didn't have the skills or ability or instincts to be an attorney general. Uh, Donald Trump was completely exonerated by this report. I don't want to lose that, lose sight of that. But there's a million things that have to be covered. Now, we don't have enough time to do it, but uh, I want to ask uh Andy, I'll start with you. We'll have to be a little brief on this. Right. Uh, Robert Ray, is he the guy to clean up this uh, FBI, or is this going to have to wait until we get a strong Republican in the White House? Yeah, Chris Ray, I think, um, I mean, Larry. Chris Ray, and, yeah, yeah I, uh, I, I think the FBI's got a lot of problems, and there are things that have to be fixed at a fundamental level, not just about the FBI, but FISA and a number of their other authorities. Greg, I, I don't think it's going to get solved till we get a strong Republican back in the White House. Yeah, I mean, the, the rot is so endemic at the DOJ, the FBI, so broken. Uh, it's embedded in the Bureau. And frankly, I think the hierarchy needs to be dismantled and rebuilt with honest people at the helm. Yeah, yeah I think I'm with you on that 100 percent. Greg Jarrett, Fox News, Andy McCarthy, National Review. I'm Cudlow. Much more on the other side of the break.